from the red and black this is the front page it's tuesday august 11th university of georgia freshmen start moving into the dorms in three days but some still have questions about how the fall semester will look with covid19 accommodations on today's episode we're answering our readers questions about the fall We'll also give you important updates to help you know what to expect. First, news editor Jacqueline Ganun will tell us about COVID-19 precautions in classrooms, attendance policies, and about the dining halls. Then we'll hear from special publications social media editor Maggie Cavalenes about policies at the residence halls. After, assistant news editor Michaela Cohen will talk about changed bus routes. Last, sports editor William Newland will tell us what he knows so far about UGA football. If you're interested in listening about a specific topic, check out our description for specific timestamps. And I'm here with Jacqueline Ganun, the news editor at The Red and Black. How are you doing today, Jacqueline? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. So there are a lot of questions that we have about campus reopening and classes starting back in person. Cases are rising in Georgia. How will UGA track its COVID cases and keep students healthy when they return in the fall? So UGA is going to test, they're going to do a thing called surveillance testing, which is when they test asymptomatic students and faculty and staff. So they're aiming to test 300 volunteers a day for that. So they'll end up with a total of 24,000 tests by Thanksgiving. Um, And the University Health Center will also test symptomatic students. UGA is going to report all of its positive tests to the Georgia Department of Public Health. In one of the Arch News messages, it said that that testing plan is going to cost UGA $1.2 million. And they're going to also use the Dog Check app to track students with symptoms. Students are going to have to confirm that they don't have any symptoms before coming to campus each day. And then when they, if they do test positive, they're going to put that into the Dog Check app. So UGA will reach out to people who they may have been in recent contact with. And then... UGA tracks COVID cases at its at the UHC website. Uh, right now, there's already 457 UGA faculty, staff, and students who have tested positive for COVID-19 on that website. They don't track deaths on that website as of now, but this website says that notifications of positive tests will continue to be provided on a local level within units at UGA as warranted. If a student does test positive for COVID, um, they... Basically, their first response is just to leave campus. They want you to leave campus as soon as possible. They are building a, or blocking off an area in the health center for isolation, but it's not like really sure if that's a permanent space or just until students can make their arrangements to go home. Uh, Students living off campus will coordinate with student care and outreach to figure out what they're gonna do and find them a space if they can't go back to their apartment or home. And students with roommates who test positive should prepare to self-isolate. That was in that Zoom call with UGA administration. But basically, we're still awaiting information on what that isolation space will look like. But the first kind of what they want you to do if a student tests positive is go home immediately. And the students who test positive need to self-isolate for 10 days. Uh, The guidance used to be 14, but that changed to 10. Uh, They need to be fever-free for 24 hours without taking any medicine, and they also need to have improvement of symptoms, so they need to not feel sick anymore before they can come back to class. 
And a disclaimer for all of my answers to these questions is that I am not an expert in EPA's reopening plans. I'm not, um, you know, privy to their private conversations. Um, all this information is from Arch News messages and UGA's 200-page reopening memo and some emails from UGA spokespeople. And I know that we've been getting a lot of different information in terms of what individual classes will look like. So will there be socially distant classes and will masks be required for students and faculty on campus? So masks will be required for any um, in-person class that students take. And classes are really all going to look different depending on your professor. There are a couple different formats that are going to be taken. Most classes have at least some online component. So there are very few classes that are just going to be a regular, like, go-to-class-everyday lecture type feel. But some of the options that professors have, um, they'll be taught face-to-face, socially distanced. Um, all the rooms have had seats marked off so that only a certain number of students are allowed at once for social distancing. Some of them are going to be, one group of students will go in in person one week, and then the second group will go in person the second week, and then the rest will be online. Some of them will be all online with uh, some in-person breakout sessions, and then some classes have just recently been moved all online. Um, Some students got course change emails, and their class is now all online. But it really depends on the size of the class and the classroom, like how many students it can accommodate and what the class is. So things like labs that are a little bit harder to do online are going to tend to more in-person classes than online classes. And then for students who have underlying conditions who are at high risk for severe complications from COVID, they have to go through the Disability Resource Center to get all of their classes online. And for students who live with high-risk family members who don't have like underlying conditions themselves, they can't go through the DRC, but they can um, like communicate with their professor And the university system of Georgia is requiring masks on USG campuses across the state. What does this mean for people on campus and what else is there to know? So USG, University System of Georgia, does have a mandatory mask mandate. Even though there's no statewide mask mandate when you're on USG properties, you're going to have to wear a mask. And the rule is wearing a mask inside buildings and on buses. And their policy says... You wear it in areas where it's hard to social distance, but at the same time, it's not a replacement for social distancing. So, like, inside dining halls, inside classrooms, um, buses, those will be um, required. Students and faculty will be required to wear masks. So, they are going to be required in a student's, uh, like, own room in their dorms or in their apartments. Um, Obviously, if you're in an apartment, you're not on USG property, but anywhere outside your specific room, I think students should probably be wearing a mask. And so the USG website says if students don't comply with this rule, if they refuse to wear a mask, uh, they'll be reported to student affairs, and eventually it could go to student conduct. And in the administration Zoom that UGA admin had a couple days ago, Victor Wilson, he is the vice president for student affairs. He did say that very few students have mask accommodations, like so that they can't wear one because of medical reasons. So if they have a problem with students not wearing masks inside where they're supposed to be, it'll go through student affairs and possibly student conduct. And UJ also sent, they sent out starting July 1st, a packet of two masks and a thermometer. 
Um, some of the Georgia, it's a black mask and a gray mask with a big Georgia G on it. And some of the Georgia ones were faulty because of manufacturing, but they're going to replace those. They sent out an email that said students should email Susan Baxter if they got a defective gray one. And with students coming back to campus, that means students will be wanting to go uh, back to their organizations and to their student-run groups on campus. Will those organizations still be able to meet on UGA property, and will they still be able to do in-person promotional events to recruit new members for their organization, like tabling? So most student organization events will have to be online this fall. Um, That's from UGA's Guidelines for Student Organizations. That's on the Involve website. Um, They are really encouraged to use Zoom for most meetings and most events and to keep in contact with students who can't come to in-person events because of health reasons. They will be able to reserve space at UGA for like smaller group sizes that follow social distancing guidelines. That document doesn't uh, specify what exactly group size that is, but I assume that student organizations can go through um, Involve and whatever channels they normally do. They normally talk with UGA about that. They will be able to table outside. There won't be any indoor tabling reservations, but they will be able to have table outside, and they're encouraged to have two representatives, and they each sit at the end of the six-foot table, so they're social distance from each other, and then any line that uh, kind of forms in front of the table should follow social distancing guidelines. And then large events will also, they'll have to follow the institutional plan for large events, which also has not been released, but they'll have to go through campus reservations, events, and technical services. And then the guidelines also say that they should all have plans just in case something can't happen in person. It should be online. They said options include rescheduling, canceling completely, using a hybrid model, or hosting the event all online. And then all recruitment events must also be socially distanced, or they'll have to be rescheduled or kind of done hybrid online or in person. Speaking of large groups, I can only think about the lunch rush at Bolton. So what will dining halls look like this year, and what do we know so far? So UGA students are going to have to get used to the Grubhub app because that is what they'll have to be using for the dining halls. Um, The dining halls are also only open to students with meal plans this year. Uh, Last year and years before, you could go and pay like $10 for lunch and get scanned in, but this year they're only open to students with meal plans. Um, So there are going to be three ways that students can use the Grubhub app. If you want to go eat in person and like sit down inside the dining hall, you have to make a reservation on the Grubhub app. I'm not quite sure what that looks like because I haven't tried it yet, but there's also, you can order online using the Grubhub app and go pick it up, or you can go and take a to-go meal that's kind of already pre-packaged. And the dining halls are also going to stay open after Thanksgiving break. Um, Even though classes are online, like dining halls and housing are going to stay open. Athenians are also concerned about the parties that have been going on in Athens this summer. And, of course, the college parties will not stop when uh, we go back to school in the fall. Is UGA responsible for monitoring these parties? So we... I don't know the answer to this question as of now. We reached out to UGA spokesperson, but he hasn't gotten back to us yet. But I do know the dorms have um, restrictions on the number of visitors, that you can't have any visitors inside of your room this year. So anybody who doesn't, who like gathers in one person's room, that'll be against the social distancing guidelines. So RAs will probably 
be trained to kind of break those up and kind of disperse those parties in the dorms. In terms of off-campus parties, like the ones that happen at, like, Greek life houses, I'm not quite sure. I do know the athens Clark County Police Department earlier this year, they did issue a citation, but that was during a local state of emergency that was a little bit more strict than the one we have now. So it's possible that UGAPD and ACCPD may have some role, but I'm not quite sure about that. And we also asked for followers on our Instagram to submit questions about things going on in the fall and just the layout of classes in general. So I'm going to go ahead and start asking you what some of the submitted questions. So one of our followers asked, will attendance be optional to encourage students to not come to class if they're sick? So that's another thing that will depend on your professor. Uh, Personally, the emails that I've gotten from my professors, all of them have had an option that the class is all online and they all have said that attendance is optional. It won't count against your grade because a lot of students are worried about their safety and health going to in-person class. So that depends on the professor, but I would think that as a general rule, a lot of professors are being lenient with attendance because they understand that students are a little bit worried about coming to class, especially if they're high risk. So that would I would reach out to your professor and ask. And syllabi also should be coming out soon, and that will definitely be on those. Recently, students got a slew of emails about um, updates in Athena, and but this is another submitted question. So if a class says no classroom required on Athena, does that mean that, that the class is now online? Yes, it does. Um, they, people's classes, um, they some of them changed from lecture type to online type with NCRR, and that does mean no classroom required, so the class will be all online in the fall. If classes do go online earlier than expected, earlier than um, Thanksgiving, will tuition price be reduced or refunded? So tuition at UGA is actually determined by the University System of Georgia and the USG Board of Regents. They had in their April meeting, they determined that tuition would remain the same at all USG schools, which includes UGA. In the same meeting, they did say that no fees will be changed as well. But because they're the ones that have control over tuition, it doesn't say anything on their website about tuition being refunded or reduced. And as of now, I don't see that happening because I think they'll probably say that it will remain the same because students are still taking classes. They're just online Um, because we still paid tuition. If you remember in the spring when we all went online, we still paid the same amount of tuition. But I'm willing to bet that no tuition will be refunded or reduced because USG also had to cut its budget by 10% this year. So I don't see them refunding or reducing tuition. I just kind of want to pick your brain about this. If you had to predict the way that the fall is going to turn out, would you predict that we move online earlier than expected? I do think that we're going to move online earlier than Thanksgiving. Um, I personally think that just because there's no mandatory testing before we go back, there's no two-week quarantine period like other schools are doing. So I just think that means if students come to campus with COVID, they may be asymptomatic, they may have, they may get it on the ride up if they, they don't know. And of course, when you get back, the first thing you want to do is see all your friends and hang out with all your friends. So everyone's going to go see everyone. And I just have a feeling that the cases are going to continue to rise really fast. I think they're going to rise even faster than they already have been in the county. And I have a feeling that 
we may move all online sooner than Thanksgiving. I feel like we touched on a lot, but do you feel like there's anything else that we didn't touch on about the fall that is worth mentioning? I would just say that I'm pretty sure all the listeners know this, but it's just definitely not going to be a normal year at UGA. I think it's going to be really strange, to be quite honest, and yeah, there's no other like fact things that I have to say, just other than this fall is going to be a really interesting experiment. Well, thanks, Jacqueline, for your responses. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And Maggie, uh, we're here today to talk about um, what's going to happen with moving in, everything related to residence halls and policies going on with them in COVID-19. So my first question for you is, as freshmen have to consider wearing masks and being socially socially distant when they move on campus, what should they have? That is a great question. I think we still need to make sure that freshmen are bringing their basics, shower caps, shower shoes, like a caddy, just because the bathrooms are still the bathrooms. And then you want to have clothes for hot and cold weather because you never know what the atmosphere in your dorm is going to be like. But the special 2020 packing list definitely includes a lot of masks, a lot of cleaning supplies, and you'll want to have some basic medicines just in case you get some allergies or a cold or anything that could help with COVID-19 symptoms if you do get them. But overall, just normal packing with a little bit of new twist to it. And with that, I know people are wondering, especially Athenians who have been living in Athens for all of quarantine, uh, are freshmen going to be required to be tested before moving in? They are not. Also, this is from one of our followers on Instagram. Will students be allowed to remain in their residence halls throughout the academic year? Yeah, so from what we've heard from housing, gyms are going to be open until the end of the semester um, through finals until December 17th. Okay, and just to clarify... During fall break and during Thanksgiving, will students be required to go home? No. We asked housing and they said students are not going to be required to leave their residence halls for fall break or Thanksgiving break under their current plan. And if the if UGA does end up going online and shuts down in-person classes and moves everything uh, virtual, will students be required to move home? This is a really important question, but it's one we don't quite have the answer to yet. All we know is that the university does plan to be in person until Thanksgiving break, and then after Thanksgiving break, students will be allowed to stay on campus through the finals. How will common areas and bathrooms and stuff like that, how will they be safe and sanitary for people who are moving in in the fall? Yeah, um, under the current university housing plan, they're going to be cleaning elevator buttons two to three, like every two to three hours. They're going to provide hand sanitizer to each student. They're going to keep deep cleaning those community bathrooms um, and disinfect them again later in the afternoon. And then housing plans to add more paper towels and soap dispensers and trash cans to the dorms and bathrooms. And then the housing staff has said that in student bases, they will need to wear personal protective equipment, including a gown and uh, face shield to clean those student spaces. Do you feel like there's anything that we didn't didn't cover that is important for us and our listeners to know uh, as they move on to either into their residence halls or back to Athens? I think this year it's going to be really important to decide what you're comfortable with in terms of how many people you're interacting with and what you're doing in your own dorm to stay um, cleanly and safe. And I think 
this together. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, thanks, Maggie, so much. And I'm here with Michaela Cohen, the assistant news editor at the Brennan Black. So, Michaela, UGA buses are usually packed with students in between classes. I usually find myself arm to arm with other passengers on these buses. Um, so, how can riders become socially distant? UGA Transit is going to mandate that only 18 to 20 people can be on the bus at one time, so that way we can be six feet apart. And another thing that's going to look really different is that there's actually going to be a barrier between the driver and all of the riders. So there's actually going to be a plastic shield separating the driver to um, make sure that they're as safe as they can be as well. Mm -hmm. And with that, how will students enter and exit the bus? Right. So they're only going to be able to enter and exit through the back entrance of the bus. The front entrance that is usually right next to the driver is not going to be open at all. And you wrote a story about new bus routes this fall. Um, the Student Government Association usually alters bus routes every year, but what's different this semester? Right, so definitely what SGA and Transportation and Parking Services did was they took routes that we've come to know and love and shortened them. And for example, even kind of separated ones that we're very used to. For example, East-West is now going to be two different routes. One is going to be East Campus Shuttle and the other one is going to be West Campus Shuttle. And that's just to make sure that they're being as concise as possible. They're trying to get everyone to classes as quickly as they can with the new rules of having less riders on each bus. The classic orbit that we all know is always packed to the rim of passengers is actually going to be a shorter route as well. And that will take on a new name called Central Loop. Do you think there's anything else that is important to mention about this topic? Yeah, I think there's definitely just going to be an adjustment period for everyone. I know that our freshman year, everybody always looks at the bus routes as if they're completely new and foreign. So now everybody's just kind of on the same playing field since these bus routes have been kind of changed dramatically. So I guess just being patient and hopefully our professors will be patient with us as well, uh, knowing that there's a whole new bus system. Thanks, Michaela. Thanks, Kira. And I'm here with sports editor William Newland. So, Will, you've been reporting on updates with Georgia's football team all summer. So what do we know so far about the fall season? Yeah, so we know a little more now. Uh, the, the SEC, they announced that they would play a 10-game SEC-only season um, a few weeks back at the end of July. Uh, and while they still haven't released the, the finalized schedules of, of actual game dates, uh, they've released two new games that, that every team in the SEC will play to get to that, that 10 conference games for the season. So Georgia picked up Mississippi State and Arkansas. Um, they are, the, are the two new games from the SEC West that they'll play this year. Um, and yeah, so as far as, as new games go, Georgia got kind of lucky. Uh, Mississippi State and, and Arkansas weren't. Uh, weren't so great in the SEC West last year. They were they were third to last and last. Um, but some other teams in the SEC kind of got unluckier draws on these games. Like Missouri has to play Alabama and LSU, and uh, Arkansas has to play for Florida and Georgia. So it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting this year. We know that the season starts on September 26th, and um, they're having the SEC championship in championship game in December. But um, other than that, we just know. There are 10 opponents, and, and those, those dates will be filled in later on by the SEC. Cool. Awesome. 
the big loss this season for Georgia fans is the uh, Georgia Tech game. The, the ACC made room in their schedules for one non-conference game, and it, it kind of looks like the SEC would do the same thing. But in going conference only, it, it eliminated Georgia Tech for, uh, from the schedule for the first time in, I think, 85 years. So that, that's a big loss. And do we know anything about the layout of the games, whether there will be fans in the stands this fall, whether they'll be socially distanced, or whether there will just be no fans at all? Right. We don't, we don't know yet. That's kind of been a big question for a while now. The SEC didn't give out any any conference-wide guidelines on that. And in the in kind of the university's return document that, that they wrote a couple months ago, it, it floated three different ways the, the, the season might go for fans, from social distancing, like you said, to no fans at all. But they have not released that yet. I know athletic director Greg McGarity said recently that they'll try to announce that at a later date. And we, we still don't know the, the actual format of the schedule either yet the sec hasn't released um finalized schedules so that's kind of still up in the air do we know about like maybe when the first game would be yes the the sec is trying to start all of its seasons on september 26th which was originally going to be georgia's third game against alabama but uh that will probably change so we have to have an answer by then how will the georgia team practice and stay safe from covid19 risks as they anticipate starting uh the games Right, so everyone's kind of following uh, guidelines from the, the NCAA and uh, the CDC, and you know, they're, all all of teams, all the teams in the in the NCAA are kind of under the guidelines of, of the state and local authorities too. We have not had access into into their um, training facilities, so we don't know what that looks like. It's kind of just uh, the assumption that they're they're following distancing, masking, sanitization protocols. But we're not sure, and we, we don't know how many players might have tested positive, who might be quarantined now, or, or what all of that looks like. And you wrote a story about this recently, about the Red Coat Band and what they're doing. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. They are still very uncertain about what their participation will look like this fall. The uh, Georgia Athletic Association has not released um, kind of its guidelines for the band. I... I, I was in contact with their acting director, Brett Bauckham, for the Red Coats via email. And he said they're going to be distancing at rehearsals. Um, they're going to be wearing masks. And there's there's some guidelines for marching bands, like bell covers for, for woodwind and brass instruments that look to kind of reduce the particle spread that mm-hmm. um, can spread COVID-19. Yeah, but it's, it's unclear whether they'll be in the stadiums and whether they'll be able to to travel with the teams. Some players and coaches are active on Twitter, active on social media about their lives and their roles at UGA. Um, have any of them expressed their COVID-19 concerns? Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen too much of that on social media um, other than just uh, raising awareness about masks or just, just saying, you know, people need to, to stay safe. And, you know, I know when I spoke with one of the trainers in the Athletic Association, she said, you know, where the only way that we can have seasons this fall is if, if people wear their masks and they're conscious about about COVID nineteen and stopping the spread of it. Um, some players around the NCAA uh, have definitely expressed concerns. There's a cornerback on Virginia Tech who became the first player to to opt out of the twenty twenty season. He didn't. You know, he was worried about some of the the protocols or lack thereof with Virginia Tech, and and he was worried about bringing 
bringing a positive test home to his family. And since we don't know anything about the layout of the games, at least nothing for sure right now, what do you think will happen and what are you predicting for the fall? Sure, it's it's tough. It's going to be really hard for them to play 10 uninterrupted games, I think. Um, you know, we've seen from professional sports that these kind of COVID-19 competition bubbles that have sprung up for, for uh, men and women's soccer, men and women's basketball, NHL, they've been working. Players have been staying in one location and practicing and competing and, and testing frequently and not leaving. And so that's kind of really reduced the spread, and there have been very few positive tests among among those sports. But then when you look at baseball, which doesn't have one of these these bubbles, as they're called, there's been a lot of tests, there's been a lot of interrupted play, and just a lot of uncertainty about that how that season's going to play out. So it's going to be it's going to be really tough for the SEC, and it's going to be really interesting to see how teams handle all of these protocols, how uh, transparent they are in, in in reporting tests, and just whether they'll be able to to, to play out ten games. Um, I could definitely see uh, some some outbreaks on teams and just some really serious questions on how to continue and on whether to continue. And God only knows about how easy it is to have a bubble made out of college students. Exactly. It would be, I mean, it would be completely unfeasible to do that because, I mean, they have to, they have to be here for, for classes too, right? They can't just, all these athletes can't just go and, and just stay in one place and compete. And do you have any predictions about how, whether or not there will be fans um, at Sanford Stadium this fall? My feeling is that there will be in some capacity. I, I think with with social distancing for sure. So how many that will be, I, I don't know yet. Uh, but I think I think just with how important football is culturally for for Athens for Georgia fans and the financial impact of it for not only the school but for Athens that they're going to want to try to bring people, um, you know, however many they can. Cool. Thank you so much, Will. Um, yeah. Have a good one. Thank you, Gary. You too. And that was The Front Page. The Front Page is a production of a Red and Black Publishing Company. This episode was co-produced by Kira Posey, Sherry Liang, Jacqueline Ganon, Maggie Cavalenes, William Newland, and Michaela Cohen. The Front Page is sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Thank you.